Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify Nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at troubleshooting scenarios. We'll be discussing duplex operation and mismatch issues, IP addressing issues on iOS devices and end devices, default gateway issues, and troubleshooting DNS issues. This episode is part of my series on introduction to networks for the CCNA. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. One of the troubleshooting scenarios you're, you might run into is duplex operation and mismatch errors. What this is, is when you connect up ethernet connections, and typically we, we think of that as our networking cable, our RJ45 shielded twisted pair, the normal network cable, both ends need to work in the same duplex mode. Once again, we have full duplex and half duplex as our two modes. Full half duplexes, communication happens in both directions, but only one direction at a time. That's sort of like having a walkie-talkie or push-to-talk system, where if, if you're listening, you have that button released, but when you push that button in, you're only transmitting. You're not hearing anything else being sent. So when you're transmitting, if somebody else wants to transmit at the same time, you're not going to hear that. Full duplex, on the other hand, is... Think about that as your phone call. A conversation happens in both directions and at the same time. When you call somebody, you can talk to them on the phone. Both you and them can talk at the same time and you can hear them talk at the same time. And so both ends of that ethernet connection, when you connect that up, that network cable up to your device, they need to be both in either full duplex or half duplex. Now, Ethernet takes care of this through an auto-negotiation process. They figure out which is the best one, what, what's the best mode, both ends support, and let's go ahead and do that. Now, occasionally, it could fail. And at the end of it, you could have a duplex mismatch. One end could be a full duplex, the other end could be half duplex. And when that happens, communication will still occur, but very, very slowly. Oftentimes, this is from a misconfigured interfaces. By default, it's set to auto-negotiate. You can go in and manually override that. Once in a while, depending upon the device, I had to go in and force it into full duplex. I had to force it into half duplex because typically you're dealing with older legacy equipment and it only communicates in a certain duplex and you need to make sure you force that. If you do that wrong, once again, you're gonna have that duplex mismatch. Very rarely does it happen from an auto negotiation process, but it, it could possibly happen, but very rarely. Now, this duplex mismatch is very hard to troubleshoot. Like I said, communication does happen, but it's very, very slow. And so you're pinging across there. And yes, instead of taking a couple milliseconds, maybe it takes four or five milliseconds. And to the person quickly looking at it, it it's going to look like it's it's working but after you look into it and, and you dig into the problem for a while you're going to see oh one side's full duplex one side's half duplex it does take a little bit of work to figure out you do have a duplex mismatch but once you fix that your speeds will go up drastically 
Another troubleshooting scenario you probably might run into is an IP addressing. And on Cisco devices and typically Windows devices, sometimes very rarely can an issue happen from DHCP, obtaining your address automatically. The DHCP server, usually very good, usually keeps track of what addresses are being handed out. It does a lease process to make sure that there's no duplicate addresses. It doesn't invert numbers and stuff like that. But most of the time, the problem comes when you manually type in an address. For me, when I type in an address, a lot of times I will invert numbers. And typing in 192.168, a lot of times I type in 192.186. I invert those two numbers. And so that will cause the system just not to work because I have a wrong address in there. A lot of times I hit a key next to it. When I go to type 192, I go up there to hit the one, I hit the nine, but instead of hitting the nine, I hit the eight and the nine. All of a sudden I have this bigger number than I should have in there and it gives me an error. And maybe I hit the eight instead of a nine. That gives me a wrong IP address and it just won't work. To help you fix these problems, there's typically two commands, the show IP interface and the show IP interface brief commands. I normally start off with the show IP interface brief. It gives you a nice little table. It gives you the interface. It gives you the IP address. If it's assigned, not, then it tells you how that address was assigned. And then it gives you this, the, the status and the protocol. And once again, you as a network administrator should say up and up. If you have a down or administratively down or something on that, and you're using that interface, you need to look into why that interface is down. Another issue you can run into in troubleshooting is IP addressing issues on the end devices. In the Windows world, if you think about it, a lot of your devices are going your end devices are going to be Windows, desktops, PCs. That's where you could run into some issues. And one of the big issues here is not being able to contact your DHCP server. You're gonna set up a DHCP server to hand out the majority of your addresses to the majority of your end users, the, the users out in your company. You're gonna have a handful of devices where you manually set the IP address. Those are typically Windows servers, but then you have Windows clients, Windows 8, Windows 10 out there where they pull their addresses from a DHCP server. If you can't reach that DHCP server, Windows devices will assign an IP address. It's, it's referred to as an APIPA address, Automatic Private IP Addressing. And what that is, is a 196.254.16 address. If that Windows device can't reach the DACP server, it's going to get a 169.254 address. That could be problematic on your network because if all the other devices were able to get their IP address from the DHCP server, or you manually set it, it's going to be on your network address. It's going to be a 192.168 if you're using a private address internally. If you have public addresses, it's not going, it's going to be in a different address besides the 169.254. If you had an end device get a 169.254 address, it won't be able to communicate with any of the other devices except for other devices that have a 169.254 address. And so it could be problematic for that. Also note, 
that Linux and Mac operating systems, they don't use a PIPA addresses. That is a Microsoft only addressing scheme. If you want to confirm your IP address, once again, use the IP config command, all one word, no spaces in the command prompt on that Windows end device. Don't use the graphical interface. I've seen where that graphical interface is wrong. For some reason, it hasn't been updated. When you issue the IP config command, no, no spaces in a command prompt, it pulls directly from the registry. It pulls what the values are in the registry. That graphical, graphical user interface, one where it's in a nice little pop-up window. Yeah, I've seen where that has been wrong. So use the IP config command in the command prompt window. I hope you're liking this episode on troubleshooting scenarios. If you have the time, please leave a comment and let me know what you think about troubleshooting scenarios. You can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all of my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. Another troubleshooting scenario you might run into is a bad default gateway. And a lot of times it comes from, once again, manually entering in your IP addressing information, IP address, subnet mask, default gateway, entering it in, typing it in wrong. The default gateway and the end device need to have the same network address. And you get that by using the network or sorry, the IP address on the device, looking at the subnet mask, where there's a one in the subnet mask, that's your network portion. They need to match between the default gateway and the end device. If those don't match, they can't communicate. You can't get to your default gateway. You can't get onto somebody else's network. You can't contact that remote network. And once again, most problems come in when you manually type that in, when you assign it. Very rarely do you get a default gateway problem from a DHCP server, unless you set that value wrong on the DHCP server. But that DHCP server, once you have it set right, is pretty pretty rock solid. And to confirm what your default gateway is, we use the commands that we, we typically have seen already. On Windows, it's ipconfig, all one word, no space in the command prompt. It'll list out your IP address, your subnet mask. It'll put your default gateway right below that. Make sure that's right. Make sure it matches. Make sure the network portions are the same. On a Cisco device, on, on the router, you can use the show IP route command. That show IP route command in there will list out what your default gateway is. Or on the Cisco devices in general, you can see, go in and look at what the settings are in RAM. Issue that show space running dash config command and it will go and it will list you out what your default gateway is at that point in time. And one last troubleshooting scenario that you'll run into probably is a DNS issue. Most of the time, DNS is set through DHCP. Once you have that set, it's pretty much rock solid. DHCP won't give you a problem. Most of the time, it comes in when you are manually setting this. Once again, you set your manual IP address, manually set your subnet mask, manually set your default gateway, then you manually set your DNS settings. That is normally when we have this problem. And what we can see here is a lot of times users don't know the difference between internet access problems and DNS issue problems. And so when you talk to your end user, what the problem is, they're going to say, oh, the internet doesn't work. 
well, the internet could work. It could be that those names aren't resolving to IP addresses. And so based upon your conversation with the end user, you need to look into the problem a little bit more and then decide, is this a DNS issue or not? You can use any DNS server that is reachable. It doesn't have to be your companies or your ISPs. You can use anyone out there. Google and several other companies offer public DNS servers out there for you to use. But a lot of times, if you use those public ones, you don't use your company ones. And when you don't use your company ones, you may list DNS entries for devices, for names internally on your network. Now, Cisco, they offer an open DNS solution. It is a secure DNS. They filter phishing and some malware sites off of that. They do a pretty good job for that. It is a solution available out there. There's also a lot of other third-party DNS solutions out there. On Windows, if you want to see what your DNS server settings are, you open up the command prompt once again, you type in IP config, all one word, no spaces, and then you put the option space forward slash all at the end. It'll list out all the IP information in one of those lines in there will list your DNS. If it's listed incorrectly, you can go back, set it correctly, you're good to go. And the other tool to help you in a Windows system is using the NS lookup command. That will go in there and when you issue that command, you can put the domain name in there. It'll help you resolve, figure out what your problems are with that. With the NS lookup command, a user can manually make DNS queries to see if those names are properly resolving. One of the other things is, is not for a DNS issue, is not necessarily under your control. Maybe there's an incorrect entry on the DNS server somewhere. And I've, I've seen that once or twice where it's not necessarily a big mainstream site. Maybe it's, it's for a smaller company and you're going there to look up some data or connect into one of their services and they have a DNS entry. Maybe that's old or outdated or just entered incorrect in incorrectly. And you have all of your sets or all of your sides set correctly, but they have an incorrect entry on their end and that would cause DNS issues here. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on troubleshooting scenarios. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All my socials and contact information are on my website, kevtechify.com. There you can find out how to get all of these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on introduction to networks for the CCNA. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on introduction to networks for the CCNA. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.